Hey there, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Knoll, the audiobook summary company where knowledge meets curiosity and books are best friends. Ready to dive deep into the pages of history today? Well, gather around as we unravel the fascinating tale of a man who became a legend, a true titan of American enterprise. I'm your host, and today we'll be delving into Titan, the Life of John D. Rockefeller, penned by the talented Ron Chernow. Now, if the name Rockefeller rings a bell, you're in for a treat, because we're exploring the nuanced story of the world's first billionaire and the patriarch of what became an enduring dynasty. From his modest upbringing to his unprecedented success, we'll be sharing all the pivotal moments of his extraordinary life. Beyond a simple chronicle of wealth, it's also a story about power, controversy, and philanthropy that has shaped the very fabric of America. As we navigate through the intricacies of Rockefeller's world, you'll be windowed into strategy, struggle, and the spirit of an era when oil was as good as gold. Trust me, by the end of our episode, you'll leave with a panoramic view of not just the man, but also the myth and the mogul who left an indelible mark. So, adjust your headphones, and let's embark on this journey through the Gilded Age as we decode Titan, the life of John D. Rockefeller, Buckle in because here we go. Rockefeller's story begins with the very model of an austere upbringing rooted in the heartland of America. Born in Richford, New York, John Davison Rockefeller was the son of a traveling salesman who was often absent and unreliable and a devoutly religious mother who was left to raise the family on a shoestring budget. The dichotomy of his father's elusiveness and his mother's pious steadiness planted in young Rockefeller a mix of a shrewd sense of business and a rigorous work ethic. From this Spartan childhood, a set of virtues emerged, hardwiring him for the path to unparalleled economic influence. Frugality, diligence, and an almost ascetic control over his desires and ambitions became the cornerstone of his character. Graduating from high school, he started out as a bookkeeper, but quickly moved into the business sphere by forming a partnership with Maurice B. Clark and opening a produce commission firm. It's here that Rockefeller began to hone the acumen that would eventually allow him to control the greatest monopoly of his time. His first ventures in business were marked by caution and strict accounting. In an age where financial booms and busts could occur overnight, Rockefeller's unwavering discipline and focus on long-term growth rather than quick gains stood out. This disposition towards sustained strategic development was more than an economic tactic. It was a personal creed that would define his professional and personal endeavors. Despite these humble beginnings, or perhaps because of them, Rockefeller had an unshakable belief in his destiny to achieve great things. A man of deep religious faith, he saw his success as a divine plan and felt called to a life of what he believed was righteous determination. As he moved from grain and hay to oil, this belief in destiny intertwined with his business strategies, guiding him on a path that would reshape the American economic landscape. His early life was a crucible in which the John D. Rockefeller we recognize from history books was formed, sharp as attack in business matters, devout in his personal life, and disciplined to a fault. The traits cultivated during this period laid down the tracks for what was to become his railroad to riches, leading to the birth of the most influential business empire of the time, Standard Oil. It's hard to imagine the modern world without the influence of oil, and even harder to think of oil without the name John D. Rockefeller springing to mind. You see, the birth of Standard Oil was no less than a masterstroke of business acumen, and Rockefeller, well, he was the maestro. In the 1860s, 
John D. Rockefeller, a young man with a keen nose for opportunity, sensed the potential of the burgeoning oil industry. Teaming up with Maurice B. Clark, he established his first oil refinery near Cleveland, Ohio in 1863. But it wasn't until 1870 that the name Standard Oil came into existence. And it was this company that would come to symbolize Rockefeller's ruthless efficiency and pursuit of growth. Rockefeller was a man of method and shrewd tactics. His overarching strategy? To dominate the oil industry by controlling as much of the supply chain as possible. He secured discounts from railroads through a practice known as rebates, squeezing his competitors by moving his products at lower costs. The man had something of a Midas touch too, because wherever he saw inefficiency, he turned it into profit, whether by investing in pipeline networks or new refining technologies. But what really set Standard Oil apart was Rockefeller's policy of horizontal integration. This practice involved buying out his competitors when they couldn't compete with his low costs or were more than eager to sell out. And so, Standard Oil grew, piece by piece, refinery by refinery, until it became an unstoppable behemoth of the oil industry. By the 1880s, Rockefeller's empire controlled approximately 90% of America's oil refineries and pipelines, making him the undisputed king of oil. With this dominance, however, came the darker shade of monopoly. Standard Oil wasn't just a company, it was a bulldozer, clearing out competition and making Rockefeller's word almost as powerful as government decree within the industry. Yet throughout this rise, Rockefeller maintained a public persona of a sagacious and prudent businessman. In private, though, he was the embodiment of the maxim, grow or die. Always steering his company to conquer new frontiers and never settling for less than absolute control. This expansion in the dominion over oil was not just the birth of Standard Oil, it was the birth of the American oil industry as we know it. As Standard Oil expanded its tentacles, swallowing competitors with the veracity of a great white, America bore witness to the unparalleled growth of a corporate leviathan. With kerosene in such high demand for lighting before the electric bulb's dominance, Rockefeller saw an opportunity and clutching it with both hands, transformed his brainchild into an industrial Goliath. By the 1880s, Standard Oil controlled a staggering 90% of America's oil refining capacity. John D. Rockefeller's approach was methodical and relentless, marked by his favorite motto, growth in proportion to our means. He aimed for efficiency but pivoted masterfully to buy out rivals or create alliances that led to his control of the market. Any competition was suffocated by Standard's sheer presence and resources, leading to acquisitions or ensuring failure for those who chose to resist. This empire building did not go unnoticed or unchallenged. Among the public, a seething resentment bubbled for monopolies hold power that can oppress. Muckrakers, journalists committed to exposing societal grievances, pen in hand, raised alarm bells through their writings. Ida Tarbell's History of the Standard Oil Company unmasked Rockefeller's cutthroat business practices and her serialized accounts painted the stark reality of corporate greed and exploitation for the American readership. The government, prodded by this swelling public sentiment, could not sit idly by. The Sherman Antitrust Act of 1890 laid the groundwork for legal action against monopolistic practices. While Standard Oil was skilled at navigating through legal loopholes, eventually the tightening grip of the law was felt. In 1911, in a landmark decision, the Supreme Court ruled that Standard Oil was in violation of the Sherman Act, being a monopoly that hindered competition and commodities trade. 
Rockefeller was unflappable amidst the storm, his faith in his company's righteousness unwavering. However, even the most colossal of titans must bend to the will of the people, and Standard Oil was ordered to break up into 34 separate companies. While it may have seemed like a crushing blow, the breakup ironically led to an increase in Rockefeller's wealth as shares of these new entities soared, cementing him as the wealthiest man in modern history. This episode in America's narrative posed salient questions about the balance of power between industry barons and democracy. The Rockefeller case became the cornerstone for future antitrust legislation and set in motion a new age in which the government would grapple with and keep in check the vast powers of corporate giants. The chorus of public outcry and the creaking gears of the law altered the course not only of the oil industry, but of American capitalism itself. While John D. Rockefeller's name often conjures up images of a ruthless oil magnate, there's a whole other side to the coin, his philanthropic endeavors. You might think of these as the yin to the yang of his business empire. Now let's shed some light on the generous legacies he left behind, shall we? First off, Rockefeller's approach to giving was just as systematic and calculating as his business strategies. It wasn't merely about writing checks. He wanted his contributions to have a lasting impact, to foster self-reliance rather than dependency. And so John D. began by tackling the cause that hit closest to home, education. He started with small, personal donations to institutions like Spelman College, which was named after his wife's family, and dedicated to the education of African-American women. But it didn't end there. Nope, his vision was way broader. He helped found the University of Chicago with a mind-boggling endowment that, in today's numbers, would be like donating over half a billion dollars. That's what you call putting your money where your mouth is, a significant boon for higher education. John D. also had his hands in scientific research. Before it was even a twinkle in the eye of the philanthropic world, Rockefeller saw the immense potential of funding medical research. He established the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research, which, hold on to your hats, was a game changer leading to breakthroughs in understanding diseases and even earning Nobel Prizes for its researchers. But what did the man himself think about all this charity work? To Rockefeller, it was a duty, almost a sacred obligation. He believed wealth was a divine gift, and to him, proper stewardship meant sharing it for the greater good. He wasn't about tossing coins to beggars. He aimed to provide the fishing rod, not just the fish. And perhaps it was this philosophy that spearheaded a whole new era of structured philanthropy, influencing others to invest in causes with wide-reaching effects. Rockefeller's philanthropy transformed the landscape of giving. His actions meant that powerful figures now had a moral blueprint for using their fortunes to address the world's woes. Quite a turn, wouldn't you say, for a man who's both revered and reviled for his iron grip on the oil industry? It goes to show every titan has more than one story to tell. And Rockefeller's tale of charity is undoubtedly one for the ages. As his empire expanded, John D. Rockefeller would come face to face with a challenge even he couldn't ignore, the legal system of the United States. The antitrust cases against his gigantic enterprise, Standard Oil, were landmark in establishing regulations over corporate monopolies. It all escalated in 1909 when the U.S. Justice Department filed a lawsuit under the Sherman Antitrust Act, claiming that Standard Oil was engaging in illegal monopoly practices. The proceedings were not just legal quarrels. They were a public spectacle, painting Rockefeller, once seen as an ingenious captain of industry, as a voracious monopolist. 
The crux of the government's argument was Standard Oil's aggressive practices. It devoured competitors, negotiated secret deals with railroads for cheaper fares, and utilized intricate schemes to oust any rivals. The legal battle was long and winding, but the climax arrived in 1911 when the Supreme Court delivered a monumental decision. They declared that Standard Oil was indeed a monopoly, had restrained trade, and ordered it to break apart. This was a staggering blow to Rockefeller's empire. The court ruling dismantled Standard Oil into 34 independent companies. Some of these offspring, like Exxon and Chevron, would go on to become giants in their own right, but always separately, never again to combine into the colossus that was Standard Oil. On the other side of the courtroom, this was seen as a victory for the integrity of the American economy and democracy itself. It set a powerful precedent for antitrust legislation enforcement, and it was a warning shot to other burgeoning monopolies. The case resonated through the annals of American jurisprudence and shaped the way business was done. For Rockefeller himself, the breakdown of the company he had toiled to build only affected his wealth to a degree. Due to his significant shares in the individual companies that emerged from Standard's dissolution, he continued to amass wealth, even becoming the world's first recognized billionaire. The Standard Oil antitrust case, with its towering legal proceedings, its ultimate judgment, and the subsequent deconstruction of a titan of industry, remains one of the most significant chapters in the narrative of American business history. And at the heart of it all was John D. Rockefeller, a man who had redefined not just an industry, but the very concept of what a corporation could be. As we move towards the close of John D. Rockefeller's grand narrative, it's time we peek behind the colossal shadow of Standard Oil to glimpse the man in the comfort of his own home, his family life, and what he did after retiring from the daily grind of the oil industry. Rockefeller was not just a business tycoon. He was a family man. He wed Laura Celestia Spellman, affectionately known as Ketty, and they shared a bond that was as much about mutual respect and shared values as it was about love. Together, they raised a brood of four daughters and a son, John D. Rockefeller Jr., Wumps, who would maintain the family's prominence in both business and philanthropy. You could say that, just like he managed his business, Rockefeller ran a tight ship at home, instilling in his children the values of thrift and hard work, underpinned by a devout Baptist faith. Despite, or perhaps because of his wealth, Rockefeller believed his children should not be spoiled by extravagance, an ethos that would resonate through the generations. Upon his retirement, John D. Rockefeller didn't just retreat to a life of leisurely pursuits. He became the era's standout philanthropist, setting a precedent for the billionaires of future generations. His endowments and foundations reshaped American education, medical research, and public health. Through the establishment of the University of Chicago, Rockefeller University, and the Rockefeller Foundation, he demonstrated his unwavering belief that wealth should be used to improve the world. His impact extended beyond these acts of largesse, though. He championed scientific approaches to philanthropy, meticulous in ensuring his contributions were effective and well-targeted. His methodical nature in business carried over to his charitable giving, to enormous effect. And so, John D. Rockefeller, once the most reviled businessman in America, quietly resculpted his legacy. By the time of his death at age 97, he had given away hundreds of millions of dollars, a significant chunk of his amassed fortune. The personal life of this titan thus offers a rich lesson, 
The way one deals with wealth and power can be as complex and transformative as the manner in which one accrues it. John D. Rockefeller's legacy is not merely one of industry, but one of philanthropy and family, a duality that continues to inspire and provoke debate to this very day. Well, we've navigated through the complex tapestry that is John D. Rockefeller's life and what a journey it's been. From his modest beginnings to becoming the wealthiest man in modern history, Rockefeller's story is one of ambition, controversy, and unprecedented philanthropy. As we've seen, his austere upbringing and stern religious beliefs played a foundational role in shaping young Rockefeller, instilling in him a robust work ethic and a penchant for saving and giving. His early forays into business laid the groundwork for what would become a colossal empire that forever changed the face of the American economy. Through Standard Oil, we observed Rockefeller's shrewd business strategies and aggressive expansion tactics, which propelled him to unmatched heights in the oil industry. Yet we also peered into the darker side of his success, the emergence of a monopoly that roused intense public backlash and government scrutiny. Rockefeller's philanthropic endeavors, perhaps as monumental as his business achievements, reflected his complex character. While his charitable contributions transformed education and medical research, they also raised questions about the nature of wealth, power, and responsibility. We witnessed the dramatic antitrust battles that ultimately dismantiated his empire, but even that could not erase his footprint from the pages of history. Through his personal life and retirement, Rockefeller showed us another dimension, a man who valued family, leisure, and personal reflection. Reflecting on his legacy, it's clear that Rockefeller's influence on American industry and philanthropy endures to this day. His life story stands as a testament to the transformative power and responsibility of wealth. Thank you all for tuning in to this Knoll. I hope you found this summary of Titan, the life of John D. Rockefeller, as fascinating and thought-provoking as I did. Until next time, keep on reading and exploring the lives that weave the rich tapestry of our history. Take care, everyone.